the James Suckling Podcast. Wine ratings, reports, interviews and more. Good Hi. morning. <laughs> Good morning. Thanks for being here. Like, like it's, I know it's late and we're, we're here quite, quite early in Hong Kong. Um, just, could you just, um, let's cut to chase. Uh, could you just uh, tell me a little bit more about the recent vintages? Because um, we've been tasting mostly 2020 wine, 2020 um, vintage. Yeah. So um, I thought it was... Um, claimed to be a very promising year mm-hmm. yes 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 it was it's been it's been one of those harvests like in 2018 where we had a little amount of rains during harvest but in 2020 we also had a and quite a low temperatures for a dry vintage so it was a very very concentrated vintage in in whole and mm. it was very healthy grapes. So it allowed us to continue um, the research around natural wines or using less sulfates. And well, yeast was very easy to, to make this, this kind of, of development. So um, you said it was, a, it, was a, it was a relatively cool and dry year, right? So you have a lot of uh, possibility to discover all the, all the styles and I mean, you said you guys are more like because uh, you, you're you're very close to the sea, to the ocean, to yeah. the Atlantic Ocean. So it's it's very um, relatively cool, cooler, um, moderate climate, closer to Bordeaux than, than Mendoza. Um, but when you are planting Tanat, I know Tanat is very. Um, it can be a, a fierce variety. It's it's a it can be very brooding, dark, concentrated, and tannic. Um, yes. So I think most producers are trying to tame tannat uh, with uh, either like cold, ferment, uh, cold uh, maceration or maybe micro oxygenation, all that kind of things. What do you do with tannat? I'm food engineer. My father is chemical engineer and we've been developing uh, for a long time. Actually, we, we even worked with Patrick Ducourneau, who is the, the, the guy that invented the macro situation. So we've mm. been researching or, or searching for, for this uh, softening of tannins. We mm. don't, don't use micro anymore, but it's been very important for, for our uh, knowledge and our uh, research and learning uh, curve. And we have a Paul Hobbs as our wine consultant since 2012. Mm. Mm. And what, what we, we've been discovering in... in I think since 2015, we discovered that for Tanat, what we like the most is getting the, the tannins from the skin. Mm. Because if you, if, you, if you analyze Tanat as a variety, you have a huge amount of tannins in the seed. The mm. seeds are much more tannic than any other seed in, 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 in any other variety. Mm. And in average, you can have one more seed per, per grain. So mm. imagine more, more tannins per seed. And one yeah. more seed is, is huge, the, the concentration. And this concentration is also very high in the skin of the tannin. So what we've been focusing in, in, the, in the past 
maybe seven years, is extracting the tannins from the skin and not mm. from the seeds. Mm. And this approach in, in, in another variety can be um, a little bit uh, too uh, extreme. If we talk about the, the amount of tannins that you need for a high-end wine, if you, if you go, for, for example, to a high-end high Cabernet Sauvignon, in the skin, you don't have enough tannins to have a structure and to stabilize color and to have a link between the, the anthocyanins from the skin and the tannins have stable color and also have a nice structure. So you don't have enough tannins in almost all varieties in the skin. What we discovered with Tanat, the, the, the amount of tannins in the skin is very high and it's enough for having a high-end wine and, and stable color and, and high-end structure. And the, that is only talking about concentration. If you go deeper into quality of the tannins, the quality of the skin tannins is way more uh, sweet and, and the texture is much more uh, juicy than in the, in the seed. If you go to the seeds, seeds are more rustic, more astringent, and it yeah. usually they soften with time and with the polymerization with the anthocyanins. Mm. And, you know, if, if you talk with a winemaker 10 years ago, it, it was proud to make long macerations mm. where you have like this cold maceration, then the fermentation, and then post-fermentation maceration. So you, you can talk with a... A producer in Santemilion, and they can explain you how they they extract like forty days. And I good, mm. I, am, I I am good friends for many of winemakers in in Bordeaux, and I like those kind of wines. You uh -huh. talk Merlot, Cabernet Franc, even Cabernet Sauvignon. When you go to Tanat and in Uruguay, but I also knew in Madiran, it's the same thing. Mm. You go to very long macerations, even if you have the best quality of the tannins in the in the in the seed. The, those tannins are so so high in concentration that if you if you make long macerations, the wine will have so much concentration of tannins that even they although they have really really good quality, the concentration is so high that the the result is a is a very astringent and and uh, like tiring wine. I totally agree because um, I see there are still wines made in that way in, 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 in Uruguay. And um, it, it's kind of a um, really bad cycle that people do this with a lot of tannin, then a lot of oak to balance that. So the wine tastes really oaky. Um, and, and then the wine is, has, ha, is having that astringency and tannin, also some oak tannins too. But maybe maybe you've seen this less less frequent than before, because mm. we we might be the, like the pioneers in these techniques, but the mm. like the purpose is is very well uh, like spread among among winemakers here in Uruguay, and we all share this this view, because twenty years ago we were very proud of this hard 
Tani and, and this um, we, we we had a, a, a review that called the beast for one of our tanats and we were very oh. proud of this 25 years ago mm. this was in in, in UK and one of the reviews said you are the beast um, in one of our tanats was called the beast the beast like this hard dark tannic wine the macho uh, wine was one of the of the of, of the <laughs> words they used to uh, macho wine it was it made us very proud at the moment but, but, but you're saying your wines were wines from um uruguay like deca wines or your or wines from uruguay called beast this this was even for one of, of our Familia Vegas wines at, at the date, but this could be said of any of, of the best tannats uh, like okay. 25 years ago. And this made us really proud at the time. What we, what we realized is that uh, even, uh, even in Uruguay, one every 20 consumers really enjoyed this kind of, of tannats because it was so hard to, to enjoy. People would recognize that this was high-end wines, but most of them would never drink two glasses of this, this wine. Yeah. And, and what we discovered in our winery, especially when, when, when I started a, 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 a more in, in involvement in the, in the winemaking of, of, the, of, of our family, is that if you taste a fresh berry of Tanat, you can feel a lot of floral flavors. You can feel uh, fresh fruit. And what is more impressive is the intensity. The intensity of these flavors is really high. It's higher than other varieties that we, we harvest here in, in Uruguay. And we were so focused on the, on the tannins and on the structure in winemaking that we forgot about these, these flavors. Mm. And since, since the, the, the structure was very, very linked to the seeds, we were overripening the grapes, searching for the 100% ripeness of the seed. Mm. So all, all this makes sense because at the time, everyone was looking for this uh, alcoholic, uh, very overripe and tannic wines. What, what, what we discovered uh, like almost 10 years ago is that if we focus on the flavors of, of the tannat, not in the, in the seed, but in the flavors, we can have a, a wider spread of flavors because we can have floral flavors, herbal flavors, fresh, fresh fruit, and mineral flavors are in haze as well. Obviously, we can have some uh, uh, ripe fruit flavors as well, but we're talking about at least five different uh, uh, primary family flavors. Uh, at those times, we were always talking, only talking about overripe fruit, only one type of family of flavors. And then we were focusing on the seed because what, what was the, the best way of making wines was long maceration. Our approach was, let's, let's, what, what if we make a different approach and we focus on the on the skin because the skin of almost every variety, the skin has a, a faster ripeness. So you can get uh, ripe tannins even two or three weeks before than the seeds. 
and and uh, this was a, a very big uh, discovery for us. This and also that the concentration of the tannins in the seed was enough, and we started making crazy things like fermenting and macerating macerating wines only three four days of fermentation, mm. and this we avoid uh, the the um, beginning, like the concentration of alcohol in the wine was very low when we were macerating. So we only macerated from the skin and the seed had a very a little extraction. If there is an extraction, it's only from the surface of the seed. And this is the very best quality of, of tannins. So this approach uh, was, was uh, made us able to extract only tannins from the, from the skin. And we finished the fermentation without skin, without solids, like a white. Yeah. I think that's, that's one of the methods that a lot of people use. Like now they realized um, the seeds are, are very stringent, so they don't use the seeds and just finish the wine as a uh, taking the seeds and skins out, right? Even the skins. Because it's, it's, very, it's very easy to, to, to talk about a harvest early or earlier harvest because you have better flavors, but you have to be consistent in the structure and in the, in the texture of the wines. If you make the same when making process and you harvest two weeks earlier, you're going to have green tannins and the wine is going to be very difficult to drink in every variety. Mm. So you have to mm. be very careful about this. Yeah. And, and we, we discovered that with this technique of winemaking, we were able of making this. And, and this is, is not possible with other varieties. We've been experimenting this. Uh, for example, Pinot Noir has a similar um, difficulty in, in terms of the seed. The seeds used to, uh, the, the seeds usually from Pinot Noir are very tannic and they are hard in tannins and they are green and they, in every part of the world, they are diffi difficult to have a, a, a ripeness. And we tried to do this in Pinot Noir and it's not uh, good for Pinot Noir. Pinot Noir needs to have a long maceration in, in, a, in a softer way. Uh, in Tanat, what we do, it's like making an espresso. It's, uh, <laughs> yes, because yeah. it's high temperature, high um, um, a mechanic maceration in short amount of time. Okay? If you so, think so, so about... You said uh, high temperature, how... how um, what what normally um, what what was the temperature normally like around? We we like to use uh, as high as temp as yeast can tolerate. It's not it's not a, a, a how do you call it the um, thermal vinification. It's it's a natural fermentation. Let's say twenty eight thirty Celsius. Mm. It's uh, it's the limit for the yeast that they can tolerate to have a healthy fermentation, mm -hmm. but it's, it's higher than usually in, in, in high-end Bordeaux, high-end Californian wines. They like to use 24, 26, 28 as maximum. We use 28 to 30. 30. Yeah, yeah 30, sometimes 32, uh, because temperature uh, enhances the, the extraction from, from the skin. And the other inhaler is the alcohol. And that's what we try mm. to avoid. 
alcohol is, is more important to extracting from the seeds because the alcohol helps, helps getting deeper into the seed. And that's what we try to avoid. And that's, that's why we like to uh, separate the, the solids very fast, very early, like three days after the, the beginning of the fermentation. This has given us a, a, like a very good result, but our, our craziness for research made us think, okay, we are making, we have good results with these espresso techniques. What if we go back and we, we, we use the cold brew, if you talk about coffee, the cold brew technique. Have you seen cold brew yeah. in, in yeah. images? If you put a, a, a <laughs> grain a, of coffee, I'm a, I'm a big coffee drinker. I know uh, the, the the cold brew. It's like cold long ferment uh, macerations. Long maceration with a little a mechanic maceration and with low mm. temperature. And for this, we we need to find terroirs that really really get the the skin ripe. The, the sorry, the seed ripeness at the same time of the skin without having overripeness of flavor, because if not, the, it, it, it wouldn't make sense. But we do have some terrace that, that achieve this in Tanat. And we've been making this uh, experiment of, of making like a whole branch without any uh, distemp, without breaking mm. anything, mm. putting the, in, in the tank and uh, using low temperature and having the less, the as less as possible of of uh, movement in the in the tank to make sure of having a healthy uh, fermentation. And even we we use like two months of maceration with this technique. Oh. So we we don't want to have a um, carbonic uh, maceration because carbonic mm. maceration is very interesting, but gives a, a, an identity uh, to the wine in terms of flavors that is more into the process than to the, to the terroir of the grape. Mm. So we wanted to avoid a, a carbonic maceration. We just wanted to have a maceration from the tannins, just like, for, like, like if, you, if, if, you, if you watch the, the cold brew, you see like this... this uh, like the grains, they, they do have this, this black color moving like this, you, you know, like yeah. they, 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 they like, like spider arms of, of a grain, you know, it's like, a, yeah. it's, it's crazy. But I, I imagine something like this happening in maceration of the tannins when you, you do nothing in, in, in movement and in temperature and we had really, really very interesting results with this technique. Uh, it, 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 it takes more effort in the vineyard and in the terroir selection because you, mm. you have to, but all this, uh, uh, all this thought and this research make us go back again to the, to the beginning and, and so it, you, it gives us in, in constant movement and research, you know? Yeah, you see this like like two both ways actually work. Like a very short espresso, high temperature fermentation, um, and maceration, and or a very long cold soak. Uh, but you have to select the best 
plots and best terroir that have that seed ripeness and have that skin yeah. ripeness too. Um, so you said you said you're going to do some some. You don't like um, carbonic maceration. That's another way that a lot of people I think would use to soften the tannin, but it gives that kind of a bubble gum. Um, floral, very floral winemaking um, notes to the wine, right? Well, I, I love drinking uh, carbonic maceration wines, and I have a good friend, Pisorno. I don't know if you, I don't know if yeah. you tasted uh, his uh, maceration, his carbonic maceration tanat. What, what I think is that the process has more uh, importance than the terroir in, in, in that type of. of uh, winemaking techniques and and, and mm. that is sometimes that that is what I try to avoid. Um, I I think there are a lot of also people like just overripening the wine to get that seed ripeness. Um, that is, um, what do you would you say that 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 was in the past or still a lot of people are doing that overripening the grapes have a longer hang time uh, on the vines because the grapes will finally get little shrivel, get a little shriveled and uh, really will have a better tanning quality of, of the seeds. Do people use that still? Do people still do that? Yes, uh, they usually, they, they obviously do this. Uh, you have to understand that tanat as a variety is very, very different and very special. If tanat feels dryness for a long period during the, hard, the ripening season, it uh, blocks the interchange between the, the vine and the grain, and it's irreversible. You cannot go back. Any other variety, uh, like Cabernet Sauvignon, Syrah, Merlot, when the, when the vineyard feels water stress, they, they like, they, uh, they uh, how, how do you say, like, they make they stop or they they make more uh, slow they they slow the process but they go back again when they feel more comfortable in okay. terroir this is this is stop and what you, what happens with you have a, a in terroirs that you have a water stress in long period uh, you have the um, a, a high percentage of the grains they dehydrate very fast because there's no interchange and only you have uh, ripeness because of dehydration. And mm -hmm. this gives over ripeness to flavors. And this is what, what usually happens in, in regions where you don't have humidity in a constant uh, level. Uh, usually happens in, in dry terroirs, the, the Malbec that is, the Tanat that is planted in Mendoza, small percentage, or Tanat in, in, in different parts of, of the world that have dry, dry climate. Sometimes it happens to Uruguay as well. So even in, in, in Uruguay, we, when we receive a high-end vineyard, we try to separate this dehydrated uh, percentage of, of grains because they overripe in, in terms of flavors. Mm. Uh, and then actually we were doing a special wine with these dehydrated wines, like an Amarone from Tanat, which is amazing. But it's like, a reversion of the old style of tanat. I think it all comes down to the market because um, if, if consumers are really enjoying this kind of um, generosity, the sweet flavors, and also overripe fruit, jammy fruit, 
Uh, I think there are still gonna they're gonna they're gonna be more, <laughs> not even maybe not more, but there's gonna be people making that kind of style. We as a winner, we export a lot to the UK and to the US, and in those markets, there's many people that really enjoy these fresh versions of Tanat. In in Uruguay, consumers are still uh, they are still in love with the old style of Tanat in terms of flavors, not in terms of structure, but in terms of flavor. Mm. Because it, Uruguay uh, looks a lot to Argentina and the, the traditional Malbec used to have this overrunness as well, this sweetness. So consumers look for this sweetness in Tanat as well. What, what we do as, as leaders in, in Uruguay, we try to, to uh, give consumers what is trendy outside Uruguay, and we are getting a lot of success with this because even myself and my father, we are surprised how consumers would, that used to drink uh, these sweet Malbecs and enjoy these overripe tanats, they, uh, uh, they are welcoming in, in a good way this new style of tanat as well. What they usually say is, mm, this doesn't seem like a tanat. This is the, oh. the first thing they, they say, yes. This doesn't seem like a tanat. And I, I, I get this comment in, in the last 10 years worldwide. People, if they know tanat in any part of the world, they have tasted an old-style Madiran or an old-style uh, Uruguayan one, and they have experienced this rustic and astringent texture in the mouth. How about 2022? Now you just—I think you are in the middle of harvest, or have you just finished harvesting? No, no, we we, we finished. We finished. We finished. Almost we finished. all the wine is finished. Yes, it's it's been similar to 2021 with with mm. more wines that the the like the average, or especially the the because we had since 2013, 2015, 16, 17, 18, and 2020 have been very dry and, and with very easy harvest for winemaking. Only 19, since 2015, mm. only 19 has been uh, slightly humid, mm. but all the rest have been uh, less rains than average uh, in, mm. in our history. Mm. So they have been very easy for, for winemaking. This last question before we just we go. Uh, and, and how 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 do people perceive orange wines and more? You said maybe natural wines without adding much sulfur. Um, how do the mar- How does the market reflect? React on, Uru- on these wines in, in Uruguay. In, in Uruguay, in Uruguay, as a market is not uh, relevant right now, but we as a country we are looking uh, outside. The although the Uruguay market is, is big for the small size of, of a country, we drink a lot of wine, almost uh, sixteen to to eighteen. Uh, I think I think it's actually twenty two liters per person per year. So we are drinking a lot of wine. But having said this, we 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 see outside Uruguay. We look outside Uruguay for this. Um, crazy winemaking styles. Yes. And we've been uh, receiving a lot of attention from, from different markets with, with these uh, low intervention or natural approaches. As a country, we are certifying um, 
sustainable BT culture this year. We're going to have the, the certification. And uh, we know uh, ourselves as a winner, we know that we've been researching for many years sustainability as a concept. We've been producing organic wines. And we've seen the, difficult, the difficulties in, in Uruguay, especially for TANAT, for, for organic production and how it's, it impacts a lot in a negative way for the environment and how better it is, how much better it is the sustainable approach with much more rational approach to, to the, uh, what, what, what you put into the, the vineyards and the environment and how you, you uh, engage with cleaning the, the machines that you use for the vineyards. And well, it's much better for, for everything. And we're going to certify as a country this year. This is in the vineyard. And afterwards in the winery, we've been researching a lot since 2018 in, in my uh, winery, but also I, I, I know that other producers are onto this, this uh, development. And there's uh, a lot. My, my my personal approach is that we need to be um, consist, consistent and uh, honest and say, okay, we we would like to use techniques that were used seven thousand years ago making wine, no machines and adding as little as you can add, but we cannot uh, forget what we've learned all these years and the knowledge that we have and the possibilities of, of analyzing. And uh, nobody would, would be uh, angry if you make a natural wine with a lot of analysis and microbiology analysis and seeing, okay, I'm having this increase of bacteria in, in this orange wine. It's better for me if I separate the solids and uh, like, one and a half months of maceration is enough and we will have a healthy wine uh, because we know what's going to, we, we, we are ahead of what's going to happen in the next two weeks. So we, we, if, you, if you see that the, there's a slightly change in volatile acidity or a slightly mm. increase in, in acids, you know that there's going to be happening something in, in the future weeks. So we can anticipate and without adding anything, we have the possibility of, of separating the wine from the solids or changing the wine from, from the tank and lowering the, the microorganism uh, concentration. And this approach of, of knowledge it is what I like to do is, okay, we, we, we know what's happening and we make use of this knowledge without adding sulfates. We have other uh, tools for this temperature, mechanic, movement, separating stuff. This helps a lot for, for making wine. And, and, it, it, and cleaning, especially cleaning everything, cleaning all the tags before using. And, and this, um, this knowledge help us make very uh, high-end wines without mm-hmm. uh, needing add, of adding anything. Yeah, just to make a more hygienic uh, wines, like wines clean, you know, natural wines, you need to be very clean. You need to, um, as, as you said, uh, conduct all the laboratory study, all the, all the, all the, you know, 
the researches and everything just to have an anticipation what is going on and not to release anyone that is too dirty and volatile and the natural yeah. wine can be like that. In, in our research, what's like very, very difficult to achieve is avoiding the use of sulfates after the malolactic fermentation because mm-hmm. the, the, the malolactic bacteria, they, they continue, they, 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 have, they consume all the, the malic acids And if you do nothing there, they are going to continue the, their metabolism and they, they can produce a lot of off flavors or flavors that are not uh, interesting That's at all. And then oh, the, other, the other key moment is bottling. Mm. Even if you have the, the best quality uh, machinery, the process is a little bit too uh, intensive in, oxi- in oxidation. So uh, you, you can lose a lot of quality because the wine, like they lose a lot of potential when, they, when it oxidizes so fast. Yeah. So that's why we use a very small amount of, of um, sulfates. So, so after, malolactic, mm-hmm. after malolactic, looking for, for the, the microbiology. And in the mm. bottling, looking for the oxidation. Mm. But... Even if we use there, the, 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 the concentration is 10 times less than in, in a traditional uh, French-style uh, winemaking. making. 